I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Okay, be honest. When your friends or family come to visit, do you take them downtown to Broadway? Outsiders hear about the fun and wild nightlife in Nashville from afar and want to have a piece of it. Take a trip on a party bus, check out some live music, eat from one of the hundreds of restaurants our city is home to. Each year, millions pour into our city from all over the world. And now, as of this week, there's a new development that could bump those tourism numbers up even more. After months of contentious debate, we are officially getting a new Titan Stadium. We've produced a handful of episodes about the proposal to build a new stadium, and overwhelmingly, most of our listeners were not in support of the new deal. But it passed through council this week. We know that the NFL is a major driver of tourism. So how will this affect the future of Nashville and our already booming tourism industry? My next guest can help to answer that question. Stephen Elliott is the interim director of the Nashville Post and a political writer for the Post and Nashville scene. Stephen, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. So you've been covering the Titan Stadium deal for a few years now. How does a new stadium fit into Nashville's tourism brand? Well, Nashville already gets a lot of the the biggest events that can happen. in the country we're we're having a few nights of taylor swift uh coming up soon Mm -hmm. but i think an enclosed stadium will just sort of ramp that up a notch um you know the people who supported it pointed to the possibility of hosting the super bowl the final four college football playoff all these uh huge national international events I can just imagine what it's going to be like when we have tens of thousands of Swifties mm-hmm. uh, uh, bombard the city. So, you know, last year we lost a bid to host the World Cup. Do you think that the new stadium will increase the chances of getting big and global events in the future? Uh, yes. I mean, I, I guess w- there's probably not going to be another uh, Men's World Cup in the U.S. for a while. Um But, yes, absolutely. I think there's already talk about hosting uh, a rugby uh, international competition here. Um, and all kinds of, you know, international music tours, uh, uh, wrestling events will, will certainly be looking to, to take place here. Mm-hmm. All right. A lot of folks are upset about the deal, as we've mentioned. And it was pretty clear that in the last two public hearings before the Metro Council, a lot of Nashvilleians want that money to be used on things like education, infrastructure and housing. Yet the deal was passed. What does this tell you about the city's priorities? Uh, yeah, I think uh, critics are fair to to note that they may want city leaders to uh, prioritize things like housing, education, uh, transit. Um, but it's uh, when it comes to the financing of the stadium, it's it's not exactly that simple of saying, well, we're, we're putting one point two billion dollars towards this. We should be putting that one point two billion dollars towards uh, uh, those other priorities. Um, a lot of this money comes with strings attached, uh, from the state. And so it, it's not quite, um, as simple as saying, let's just put this money into something else. Well, what has the discussion to the new stadium been missing? Um, I think it's hard for anyone, um, whether it be, you know, finance experts, lawyers, uh, uh public officials, um, to fully comprehend uh, every element of this deal. It's, uh, it's very complicated. And so for the average citizen, uh, or even reporter, I'll admit to understand every element of it is, is a challenge. And we'll, we'll probably continue to be discussing, uh, 
that for many years. Um, so I think one thing that's missing is just uh, deep dives into every single bit in it. Tell me, you've been covering this for years. What surprised you the most about the deal passing? Um, <laughs> well, the fact that it passed did not surprise me. Uh, we, we, over the years, have tended to support these big, these big efforts, whether it's Amazon or Oracle or Nashville SC. Um, what, what sort of surprised me, I guess, is um, the mayor's role in this. Uh, John Cooper uh, was on Metro Council before he was the mayor, uh, and I covered him there. And um, he, was, he, was, he was the no man of council. And uh, hmm. I think anyone who was following the council back then will tell you that uh, to see him being the main cheerleader for this is, is pretty um, jarring um, because um, when he was on council, any, any sort of big deal like this, he tore to shreds. And um, I think he, he and his team would tell you their support uh, for this deal uh, doesn't contradict that because um, there's a, a financial element um, to the existing Titans lease that that he says is uh, sort of impossible for us to uh, to pay for. Um, so so he would say it doesn't contradict that. But I think anyone who watched him on council talk about some of these big deals uh, would be pretty surprised to see him four years later uh, pushing an even bigger one. It makes this 180-degree turn. Aside from his opinions on the, the current lease with the current Titan Stadium, why do you think he made that decision? <laughs> You'll have to have him on to tell you. Um, I think... Uh, you know, I think he probably looked at the lease and and said, um, uh, you know, we got to find a way to pay for this. Um, but you know, cynics would would say that he wants something big to have on his resume for his legacy. Um, they would say that he 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 comes from a development background, real estate development background. So maybe he's friendlier to um, those uh, elements of our city than. Other other elements, um, I think that would be a, the more cynical uh, view of, of where he's coming from. You know, this stadium is a part of Mayor Cooper's plan to for redevelopment in the East Bank. What are you keeping an eye on as we move forward? Yeah, um, and a few council members have already said this, but I think the next big step is, as you said, the campus around the stadium. Uh, right now, if you've driven through there, it's kind of a wasteland, parking lots, et cetera. Um, so the next step is building that out, um, and the city is going to be partnering with a developer uh, or developers on that, and so the city will have a, a big say in what goes there. And there've already been images released and plans discussed about housing and and uh, uh, transit corridors and um, local businesses, restaurants, etc. That that will go there. But I think the main thing that people should be looking out for is. Uh, how specific we are and what we're demanding be included on that campus. Um, but also, um, sales tax from the campus will end up partially paying back this debt on the stadium. So there's a sort of necessity for um, there to be a lot of businesses that produce sales tax there. So how should we be looking at this new stadium? Both folks who were in support and those who stood in opposition? Well, um, it's happening. So mm -hmm. 
I guess if you live in that area, get ready for uh, a few years of construction and, and uh, dusty skies and uh, cranes and all that. Um, I guess um, if you're concerned about it, you should turn your attention to the campus around it and, uh, and sort of keep an eye on how that develops um, and what the parameters are for the developers that we partner with. Stephen Elliott is the interim editor of the Nashville Post and political reporter for Post and the Nashville Scene. Stephen, thanks again for being here. Thank you so much. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue the discussion on our city's tourism industry, starting with a ride through downtown with the Jug Sisters on their Nash Trash tour bus. What are your thoughts on the tourism industry in this city? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Kalele Colonna, and this is Nashville. You can't talk about Nashville without talking about the tourism industry. It seems like there's not a corner you can turn in this town without running into a bachelorette party. People come from all over the country, really the world, to have their pre-wedding bash. Even outside of these bachelorette crews, downtown Nashville is a tourism capital. So, it should come as no surprise that guided tours of this town are in high demand. Recently, Celia Gregory from our sister station WNXP caught a ride on one such downtown tour that actually prohibits bachelorette groups from riding the bus as a value <laughs> called Nash Trash. Yet, yeah, that's what they call themselves. Celia is going to take it from here. So I'm aboard this big old pink school bus with my fellow DJ, Emily. And let me tell you what, our guides, the Jug Sisters, are a hoot. But we're still hotties. Toothless hotties. We're sharing the bus with tourists from all over. A lot of folks are here from the Northeast, which just so happens to be on spring break around now. The concentration of Yankees aboard the bus makes for some hilarious ribbing from the fake Southerner hosts, Brenda Kay and Sherry Lynn, real sisters who are actually originally from Michigan. Longtime actors and singers separately, they came to Nashville at different times with their talents. I said, Brenda, we should do something in Nashville together because she's my sister. I miss her. I love her. We've always been in show business. Yeah. I said, well, should we go back to porn or? No, yeah. I didn't want to do that. We were, like, we were getting so, older. Yeah, so dangerous, you know. Yeah, so dangerous much, lifestyle. So much stuff Plus, going around. Things were sagging. Yeah. Uh, it was a low point for Sherry pursuing acting out in Los Angeles that yielded the wild idea to start a tour business together in Music City. And I was so depressed. And all of a sudden I went, Sherry, don't do this anymore. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. And I put my thinking cap on and in a drunken stupor, I came up with the idea of Nash Trash. As most great businesses are started. Yeah. They were drunk. I said, yeah, we're going to get a bus, paint it pink call it Nash Trash Tours, do a musical comedy of Nashville. We'll call ourselves the Jug Sisters just because it's a goofy name, you know, and, and we'll dig up the dirt on the country stars. I woke up the next morning. I read the thing in my purse. And it still sounded like a good idea. <laughs> so I called Brenda and she said, yeah, that's a good idea. And then one year later, I was moved to Nashville and we had a bus and it was pink and we were open for business. Yeah. And that's uh, the rest is musical comedy history. The Jug Sisters have more or less sold out every tour for the last 25 years. And it's no surprise. 
Their act and the downtown tour is unique, kitschy and colorful, sure, but also an opportunity to share the real Nashville with visitors from all over the globe. The show's different every time, and um, I just think they're absolutely hilarious. They're just so much fun. Yeah, they're hilarious and talented. That's Jackie and Ingrid, friends from San Francisco, who've taken this tour three times over the years. After a short stop at the Country Music Hall of Fame, we hit the road again. At the intersection of Broadway and John Lewis Way, the Jugs point out the historic Ryman Auditorium, as expected, but also the National Museum of African American Music across the street. Earlier, they told the origin story of Nashville's Music City nickname, which came from the Fisk Jubilee Singers meeting with Queen Victoria, and they highlighted the Black Entertainment District down Jefferson Street. So as it turns out, the R-rated comedy and dunking on country stars routine of the Nash Trash Tour is also punctuated with a deeper cultural history of the city. I'm 60, Sherry's 65, and I've lived in the city since the late 80s. There is a lot of wonderful history yeah, it's in more, our town. It's much more than country music. When you talk about all the Black influences in our music scene, it's profound. Let's, let's face it, they don't know anything about that. And we, not that it's our duty and, oh, look how great we are. Look how inclusive. No, we just got, we just got kind of pissed that people didn't know about. I asked the Jug sisters how, after 25 years, they keep the act fresh for both their own enjoyment and also that of potential repeat tourists like the friends from San Fran. Well, you know, we kind of go with the sign of the times and, you know, what's happening in our city. We also love to meet everybody at the beginning of the tour. We use that material later in the show. And we have oh, so yeah. many weird references that in the back yeah. of our little brains that we pull out all the time. So we've become pretty good improvisational comedians. I knew Brenda was funny. I knew I was funny. I knew we could be funny. <laughs> but I don't look funny. But it, yeah, but things would just really come to us and they we just say them and they were kind of brilliant. Sometimes had, they're kind of shocking and yeah. it is a little naughty. You know, it is, yeah. it is an adult theme tour. And as we get and, older, and, we just say our, what's on our mind. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And it's okay. People love to laugh. Yeah, I mean, we're okay. so irreverent and, yeah. and bawdy, but we well, that's who we are. Yeah. We don't care. Now that... Sounds like my kind of tour. Now, I'd like to bring in a guest who has a unique vantage point on this downtown tourism scene. Amanda Smithfield is a librarian at Hume Fogg High School. Amanda, thank you so much for being with us today. Welcome to This is Nashville. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm glad to be here. Pleasure to have you. So for people who may not be familiar with Hume Fogg, tell us how close the school is to Broadway. <laughs> Well, Hume Fogg is on Broadway. It's um, between 7th and 8th Avenue. Uh, so we are in the downtown core. Uh, we have 920 uh, students. Okay. It is on Broadway. That's pretty wild. And Broadway is popping off all day and night. I have to imagine that coexisting in that space is hard. Has the school had problems with noise? Yeah, I would say especially it has grown in the last 10 years. Um, I've lived in Nashville since uh, 1990 when I went to college here. And, you know, during that time, downtown was uh, depressed, especially during the day. Uh, but at night, it by it was livelier. Um, and so what's really happened um, over the past 20 years, but especially these last five to 10 years, is a massive growth in the amount of tourism and the amount of people that are that are on Broadway that are in this downtown 
core when my when we're in school, when my students are in school, when I'm here at school. And so you can imagine that that impacts the noise um, that we hear. Uh, and of course, we are an institution of learning and you can imagine that impacts uh, students learning um, as well. So, you know, Broadway has been really popular for years. I wonder if the day partiers, is that a newer phenomenon? Yeah, I would say definitely so. Um, you know, the the party bus um, pedal tavern thing, um, you know, when I came here in 2011, uh, it I'm there may have been tourism. I didn't know them or I didn't see them. They weren't so prevalent in downtown Nashville. Um, you know, uh, there weren't so many tours or or it just wasn't nearly as much of a thing. Um, so that has really that has really grown. And I'd say especially in the last five years that that has grown and that has a tremendous impact on on noise. And then, you know, not just noise, but actually what what we hear from inside um, and uh, how long that sound goes on. So obviously being downtown. Um, you know, we're going to hear ambulances, we're going to hear fire trucks, you know, you're, you're going to hear uh, that, but, you know, you can imagine that with a party bus or a pedal tavern, uh, number one, they aren't growing, going fast, you know, an ambulance is trying to get where it's going fast, mm -hmm. a police uh, you know, a police car is trying to get where it's going fast, but but a pedal tavern or a party bus isn't. And then, of course, you know, what are they playing? They're playing music. Um, you know, there are bachelorette parties that are on there and they're yelling to the people on the street or um, if they see they've yelled at my kids and if they were in the in the window. Um, so it's kind of like a it's a different sort of noise you're hearing. Um, uh, you know, for those two different situations. I can imagine that that really interrupts instruction, huh? Yeah, you can imagine that you're trying to teach about uh, Winston Churchill or World War II, like our um, modern world history, AP modern world history teacher is. And all of a sudden you, um, your students are hearing uh, a, a, a song being played and everyone uh, singing to that song and, you know, um, and the kids who are sitting near the window, you know, they're like waving up at them and we have kids <clears throat> with, you know, uh, disabilities such as, you know, attention deficit uh, disorder um, who are trying, you know, to pay attention because they're going to be taking, this is a college level test um, that they're going to be taking on this to hopefully get college credit. So you can imagine that's disruptive for the student, but it's also really disruptive for the teacher who has to try to gather her uh, students' attention or trying to keep them focused and not get distracted by wanting to sing along with whatever uh, song they hear from outside or, um, you know, not being distracted by someone possibly yelling at them. Did the city step in to eliminate the problem of party buses interrupting classes? Um, yes, so there has been, uh, it has definitely been better. Uh, the city did, uh, my students um, supported a bill, um, you know, by our council member, Freddie O'Connell to um, put some limits on party buses and uh, those limits especially affected the routes that they would take during the school day. Um, I'm not gonna say it's 100% perfect, 
Um, but I will say it is a lot better. Um, and so you have that. You also have like, um, you know, as far as like selling alcohol on these buses. So, um, you know, there's been, there's, there's been that that's, that's better now and actually having some oversight um, as far as that goes um, on that. So that has definitely helped. I'm not going to say it never happens that someone doesn't come by, but it's definitely better than it was. And, and by the way, these party buses go by all like they, they start fairly early in the morning. Um, so, and again, this used to be a primarily like night thing or evening thing in the summer, which is a big tourism time, but now it's mm. oftentimes year round and they're going on, especially on Thursday and Friday, they're starting, you know, before lunch many times. Wow. You know, we know that people who are day drinking can be disruptive. I'm curious about, you know, you mentioned like them addressing their interactions with students at Hume Fog. Have, what have the students there, what have they told you about their run-ins with the Broadway partiers? Um, yeah, so many of our students ride the city bus, and that bus arrives at the um, bus terminal. So kids still have a, about a half mile to walk to get to Hume Fog. Um, and so many, I was surprised myself, but many of our students um, have reported to me that um, it's not only like in the building that they can hear that noise. Obviously, when they're walking, they're more likely to hear it because they're outside. But just the things that are actually yelled at them or the things that they see. So we've had students who uh, we've had multiple students who've been flashed by people on uh, these party buses. Mm. Um, we've had uh, students again, these are 14 and 15 year olds. Um, who have been um, like catcalled um, from party buses and pedal taverns. Um, and, and so they've seen, you know, our students have seen all sorts of things that are just, you know, uh, serious conduct, um, you know, whatever you want to say about the morality of, you know, people drinking during the day or being uh, inebriated, um, you know, obviously like yelling at a 14 year old something inappropriate or flashing, uh, you know, uh, your um, your private parts to, yeah. you know, students. Uh, you can imagine that can be uh, it, not only is it illegal, but it can really like, you know, it, it definitely impacts uh, can impact my my students uh, there who are just trying to get to the bus where they can where they can go home. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, anyway, that's rather extreme. Now, I'd like to introduce my next guest. Tom Morales is a serial serial restaurateur whose company renovated Loveless Cafe and Acme Feed and Seed. Tom, good to have you on the show again. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me. How do you respond to what Amanda shared about high school students being catcalled and flashed by inebriated tourists? Well, I'm, I, I kind of agree with her. <laughs> I, I think they're, uh, the whole situation has gotten out of hand uh, with the not only the tour, I don't know what you call them, but the, the pedal taverns and such. I mean, there's tractors, there's everything now. Uh, and it should just be regulated, really. And I'm, I'd say out of business, but I, I'm, I don't think that's is a, an extreme position anybody's going to take, but they don't pay rent really downtown. 
uh, you know, there and, and it's it's a nuisance more than it is. I mean, it's look at me and look how bad I can be. And uh, I don't like to be exposed to it. And I'm an old man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, there you go. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Colona. We're talking this hour about tourism in our city with Tom Morales and Amanda Smithfield. We want to hear from you, so tweet us at This Is Nashville. You know, stories like we were just hearing are why people are really fed up with the tourism scene, but the number of people who come to our city for entertainment has helped local businesses like you, Tom. Acme Feed and Seed is one of the more popular destinations downtown. How has tourism supported your business endeavors? Well, I think it's important to know that there's several types of tourism that that hit Nashville. And uh, I'd say over the last six or eight years, all we've done is appeal to the party in the street. Uh, You know, we throw big concerts in the street. Everybody uh, is drinking out of control. Uh, You know, and, and Nashville has so much more to offer. Uh, Acme has always been an advocate for uh, the uh, musician, uh, and, and there's so many different genres of music in Nashville that that don't get near the attention that, uh, uh, you know, the stages that we put up on Lower Broad give people. So I, I think it's it's really how we advertise ourselves. And uh, if you if you put it out there that you're a party in the street, guess what? You're going to get a party in the street. Mm-hmm. You've uh, you've been so. pretty you've been pretty adamant about maintaining the history of our city, even in the face of a lot of change. As our city has become a tourist destination, how do you balance good business with hanging on to the old Nashville? Well, we put make our stages the discovery platforms that they were when. Uh, many of the musicians that came, when Patsy Cline came to town, she came to get on a stage to become a star. She wasn't a star coming here to be put on a stage. So, I mean, we respect, we we have people that probably 40, 50% of our, our associates, employees are, are, we say have a day job and a dream. They're here playing music, seriously trying to break through. This is music city. It's not, you know, party city, get drunk on the sidewalk city. And and there's a place for it. I mean, Nashville's always been seedy on Lower Broad. It's just was a creative seediness that that accompanied, you know, hit songs when Willie Nelson sold his songs, you know, for a beer. You know, that's, that's one thing. I think when you're just trying to inebriate yourself so that you're falling out and causing a problem for everybody around you. Uh, that's not the tourism we want. And, and until we as a city and a community say, uh, you know, spread the message to, to when a convention comes to town, think about this, the people there are not here by choice. They're here because their company told them to come here for a convention. So when we get that curiosity from somebody that's from Seattle, Washington, and they're saying, this is Music City, let me go find music. And all they find is, you know, tourist, you know, depots that play cover tunes and there's no real creativity going on in, in the in the venues. They go away, you know, not really with the respect that we would hope they would leave with. And um, I think that's why Acme has differentiated itself from 
from a lot of uh, what goes on on overbroad just because we we want that discovery platform we want people to have a stage that they can show what they're developing and and it's all genres mm-hmm. amanda what do you want to see change when it comes to tourism in our town amanda you still with us um yeah so yes yes can you hear me yes i can Okay. Um, yeah, I think that um, a lot of the things that Tom said is um, is great. As far as things to change, I think that these entertainment, these, uh, you know, driving uh, entertainment venues, the party buses, the tractors, the um, pedal taverns, um, you know, they, there's a, they're, they're you know, again, um, there can be a, a place for that, um, but making the uh, making the the kind of core of that, like getting inebriated, uh, falling out, um, possibly hurting yourself, and definitely like, you know, possibly uh, committing, you know, uh, misdemeanor crimes by showing off your private parts to my students. Um, you know, I that's that's the part I'd like to see change. So more. Um, crack down on hours, more like maybe even like, you know, party, uh, you know, you could have party buses that are more family oriented, you know, um, you know, so uh, noise controls on that. Um, and, and, you know, uh, so that's what I'd like to see change, you know, like more of a focus on the the family oriented part, especially during the day um, of Broadway, more of a family focus on that. Um, and, you know, kind of that differentiation. So just exactly what Tom was talking about, you know, that at nightlife downtown on Broadway has always been very lively. We understand that. And, you know, we value those tax dollars that help pay for education, including at Hume Fogg. Um, but like, you know, that kind of like, a there's a time for this sort of thing. And then, emphasizing that that those family friendly things that we do have downtown uh, and that are great family friendly institutions mm-hmm. and great family friendly things to do um you know that a real emphasis on that is, uh, during the day when school yeah. or you know businesses are in business um as far as like mm-hmm. during you know monday through friday uh you know, eight to eight to five. So yeah, I understand that the kids are there to learn, not experience fast times at Hume Fog High. Like, <laughs> you know, Tom, yes. tell me this. What changes would you like to see the city make to address these ideas? Well, I, I think, number one, it needs to be more than uh, big business voices that get the mayor's ear. And even uh, the National Visitors and Convention Bureau is is it needs to not be an uh, well, it needs to have many voices put into it. I think people should be asking questions right now what they want of their next mayor. And I think that is because uh, we go into this like, oh, who would have known that? Mayor Cooper's a developer, you know, oh, who would have known, you know, there, there's so many different things that, that go into who is going to be the next mayor than the questions that we don't ask. I think it's time for the community to take control of that, not the big developers, not the people who can give the most money, uh, not because they look good on TV, 
they 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 this these questions need to be hardcore questions like where do you see Nashville in 10 years? All right. Uh, who's going to help shape that? All right. Is, is it one person? Or the entire town. I understand that. I want to thank my guests, Hume Fogg High School Librarian Amanda Smithfield and Tom Morales, owner of Acme Feed and Seed on Broadway. Thanks to you both for being here. Really appreciate it. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk with people who make our tourism scene possible. The workers. How would you like to see tourism change in our city? Join the conversation by tweeting us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Kalele Kulona, and this is Nashville. We've been discussing the booming tourism industry in our city. Every year, millions of people come to town to experience some music and fun. Behind them, they can leave quite a mess. As we heard earlier, flocks of day partiers can disrupt the education of high schoolers, and that's not even the half of it. So what is this industry like for the people who work in it? My next guests are Q Taylor, managing partner and co-owner of Cinema and Ethan Roast Coffee Shop, and Abby Moss, a server working two jobs downtown. Thanks to you both for being here. Welcome to This Is Nashville. Thanks for having us. Abby, let's start with you. Now, a lot of people know... Not a lot of people know what it's really like to be working in the downtown scene, but most of us are familiar with how rowdy it gets, even from afar. Tell us, what is it like? Oh, it's uh, quite a a special uh, circumstance for sure. Um, I think uh, working downtown in a fine dining restaurant, I'm not always experiencing um, the full force of the uh, tourism happening, um, but on my way to work and sometimes during work and leaving work, that's like when all the drama, you know, the witching hour happens, um, I'm walking, you know, like face first into a very rowdy scene. Um, So I think as far as like what I experience on the serving end, um, most of my guests that come in are kind of riding that party wave that's exploded in Nashville over the past five years or so. Um, And I think their expectations and what they know about Nashville is this is a place to party. This is a place to let loose. It almost feels to them like Bourbon Street. And as a server, you know, in a fine dining restaurant, someone who's been here for about 12 years and seeing kind of the face of downtown change, um, I'm, I'm realizing that it doesn't feel like we're equipped to handle this new uh, reputation that Nashville, downtown Nashville is receiving. Um, So I'll have guests come in like that have been drinking all day. And, you know, it's a beautiful restaurant with super beautiful food. And, um, you know, they're asking for Bud Lights and, you know, Red Bulls and sodas. And it's Mm. just, it's not the vibe, I guess. Um, And it's a little bit hard to like manage that mentality, you know, without coming across rude with, you know, trying to be able to accomplish your job. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's an adjustment for sure. Uh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> for you and all your colleagues, I can imagine. Yes. Now, now, Q, tell us, how long have you been working in the hospitality industry? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, since I was, uh, I would say it's been 30 years now. 30 it's years. 30 years. Always had dreams. This year of, will be 30 years. Have you always had dreams of owning your own spot? 
I well, I would say over the last decade, that mindset kind of been kind of the, creeping into the forefront, and and luckily that's paid off. You know. So, yeah. Well, yeah. tell me this: How has the tourism scene benefited your businesses? Uh, it has. I would I would definitely say it's definitely impacted uh, from a revenue standpoint. Uh, I think that um, having a mixture of local support and tourism is essential to you know, businesses that are small and local in Nashville is essential. Uh, I see it a lot at our coffee shop at 8th and Rose. You know, on the weekend, it's a lot of tourists coming in to the coffee shop. And then with Cinema Restaurant, obviously, we see a lot of traffic during the week with conventions and everything from a tourist standpoint. And on the weekend, with our brunch every Saturday and Sunday, mm. I mean, it's 60 to 65% tourism. So okay. it's, it's, it's very helpful, to be honest. You're also on the Na- on Nashville's Tourism and Convention Commission. Yes, sir. It really focuses on empl- the employees, like Abby, who the industry, they keep the industry running. Why is that focus so important? Because we know all the pieces matter. Uh, at the end of the day, if we don't have staff who can't get to work or if they're having issues financially from a cost of living standpoint and they have to live somewhere out in Hendersonville or, you know, Mount Juliet and commute to downtown or or in, in our Melrose area, you know. So those challenges, are in the, is, is we're very aware of it, you know. So like I say, all the pieces matter. Our emphasis is on the people that we're responsible for, and that is our team. So, uh, you know, from affordable housing, uh, better, you know, large, you know, transportation standpoint, like having a way to get to work. And, you know, those are the things that we really are focusing on. Now, Abby, the last time you were on the show, we you talked about holding on to one serving job to keep the very coveted parking spot because tourism has made basically parking for hospitality workers nearly impossible. You still have that parking spot. Um, well, I have to say I threw the towel in okay. <laughs> recently um, and went back to the drawing board as far as, um, you know, navigating uh, the hospitality industry. Um, so I actually took a back seat. I think I, I couldn't handle it anymore. I'm not a two job kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did try to make it work. And I realized that it is not doable to feel like safe and secure in a parking spot without having two jobs. It's yeah. just not mm-hmm. um, Tell me this, Q, in your view, how much would improve, improved public transportation impact tourism in the city? Well, I think it's, it, it, would, it would be tremendous. Uh, mass transportation as a whole, you know, some of the issues that we've discussed is the routing systems here in Nashville. Also, you know, from a busing standpoint, a biking, like can people bike to work? So figuring out avenues and ways to improve that and also make it authentic and cool to ride the bus like so so people don't feel like hey I'm less of a person because I'm catching the bus so we're actually addressing like ways to make it inviting uh, and discussing ways that you know we can improve those so people can feel comfortable with getting to work without using their vehicles every day so you know Abby you I'm sure you talk to your colleagues about the impact of tourism on your lives Aside from improved public transit, what else are you all talking about and where you would see the city like to support the folks who make our tourism industry possible? Um, I think, to be honest, I would like everyone to be on the same page, like our, you know, our big power players, the people that are creating these businesses downtown. I think that there is a level of decorum, I guess, 
that might be beneficial to just establish. So we all know the rules. All of the people that come to Nashville know the rules, not to, you know, be absolutely publicly intoxicated and kicking over traffic cones and breaking their face on the concrete and stumbling into your way. I think maybe having police presence or having like the security to be able to feel like you can get to and from your job, you can work in your job, deal with this party hardy mentality and be like represented or like I know that my managers have my back. Um, I know that my managers care about whether I get home or not and run into, you know, debauchery on my way back. I think if we can as a city, really, establish what we want to be. Do we want to be Bourbon Street? If so, maybe our fine dining restaurant shouldn't be on Broadway. Or if we want to kind of have that charming southern city where you come for music, maybe just create those rules, establish them, market, you know, that Nashville is is not, you know, Bourbon Street. It's, it's a different type of situation. Um, I think both are great options, but I don't think we can continue forward without making the servers and the people that are working downtown feel safe and feel like, you know, Nashville's got their back to be able to, you know, happily take on these lovely tourists. Q, what do you think? What would you like to see from the city? Well, I think as a whole, the the, the powers that be, is it's all about taking a step back. So we need to take a step back, make a list of all the things that we feel like that's important for the morale of the city from a transportation, from a tourism, from a hospitality standpoint that are critical for us to continue to grow, evolve, and get people in a safe place to feel like we can move forward in a positive direction. So one of the things that we've discussed is what are the key neighborhoods that we need to focus on? What are some of the things that we feel like that are important? And let's focus on those and agree that these are the things that we're going to make a change. What are the neighborhoods that you all are highlighting? Well, we try to figure out where the most of our staff live. So we're looking at, you know, Antioch, uh, Hermitage, uh, the Gulch. So so if those people have easier ways to get to work, better routing systems. So, you know, there's a lot of neighborhoods that (laughs) that need some attention. So, yeah, there are a ton of neighborhoods. Abby, 30 seconds left. What are your hopes for the future of Nashville's hospitality workers? Um, I hope that it becomes fun and I hope that it becomes supported and established. And I just hope that we can all be on the same page. I think that's really the overall goal is being on the same page and like working towards that, that goal. We all live in the city. We should all be on the same team. Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank you both for being here. That is hospitality worker, Abby Moss and Q Taylor, co-owner of Cinema and Eighth and Roast. Again, thank you both for being here with us. Appreciate it. All right. It's Friday. Normally that means it's time for me to take a ride with a fellow middle Tennessean, but... This time I took a solo trip to one of our city's biggest tourist attractions, the Opryland Hotel, famous for its riverboat ride and a dazzling array of plant life. So walk with me as I check out the hotel and meet a few tourists. Okay, this hotel is so massive that they have one of those signs like you're in the mall and see the stars like you are here. Let me remember where I came in and I don't. So finding my car is going to be the next shotgun. And there's the garden conservatory. Ooh, you feel the humidity as soon as you walk in. It's nice. You taste the oxygen. The sound of the waterfalls. 
Excellent. What's your name? I'm L.A. I'm from Kansas City. Kansas City. First time here? Yes. What do you think of the Opryland Hotel? I like it. It's great. It got a little, honestly, southern charm, friendly people. It's, it's just pretty neat how they use the space. So. What have y'all been doing in your trip here to Nashville? We took a tour date with a, an artist out here. Oh, what? You're yeah. performers? Oh, yeah. What do you play? I, I play keys and drums, and we're here with an artist. Oh, nice. A Christian artist. What's your name? Emily. Emily? Yeah. What do you play? I play the drums. Play the drums? Yeah. How long have you all been on tour? This was just a weekend, so we just did yesterday and today. Okay. What is the longest tour you both have been on? I'm a homebody, so I'm, I'm pretty selective with my dates. Okay, yeah. so you're not like, we're about to do a three-month... I'm trying to stay married, man. I hear that. <laughs> That's very important. All right. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Take a riverboat ride. Yes, you do. Yes. Oh, there's fish. Delta River fish. Do they have, they have fish in this thing? I'm waiting to get on the gondola. Unfortunately, I can't talk to guests while on the gondola. However, I couldn't talk to myself, which is kind of boring because I do that already. You know, it's really crazy when you say to yourself, you've got nothing else to say and you feel insulted. You're like, you just insulted yourself. And then you have to apologize to yourself. And the next thing you know, after a couple movies and a bunch of ice cream as an apology, you just kind of feel worse. I wonder if one of these has ever capsized. You would have heard about that. WPLN would have been on the beat. Breaking news. Gondola is capsized at the Opryland Hotel. Fortunately, everyone was saved because the water's only four feet deep. And the guests just stood up and walked their way to safety. Not very choppy waters. I wonder if anyone's gotten seasick. I mean, the phones have been dropped into this thing. You know, they had the signs of those fish, but I don't see any. They should thrive. There's no predators. You know, if I did something like this, I want to make it as lifelike as possible. Have a couple predators in there, you know. Gotta keep the fish on their toes. Couldn't have, like, a bird of prey or an osprey. That would, things would get messy. Definitely couldn't have snakes. Gotta rethink my theme park hotel. I wonder if this is what the fictional characters from Jurassic Park went through when they were coming up with the idea for their thing. All right, here we go. I'll be back with y'all shortly. All right, so it's a lot of walking. You definitely get your steps in because this place is huge. All the plants. It looks like my mom's living room. Trust me, that's not hyperbole. I grew up in a jungle in the house. Well, what's your name? Man? My name's Dan Adams. I'm from uh, 60 miles north of Seattle, Washington. First time to Nashville and having a wonderful time. You're having a blast, yeah, huh? Yeah, we came down here. Ten of us all came together, and and uh, we all like to go out and party and have a good time and listen to wonderful music. And this is the place to party oh, and is. listen to great music, man. Yes, it is. I say we're having just a just a blast. Yeah. What do you think of this place? Oh, this is amazing. Really it's amazing. Yeah. Something. All the plant life and everything, it's like absolutely yes, wonderful. Yes, it is, you know, and it's like, it's like being in the Bahamas or somewhere, you know, it's just so nice in here. It is. Yeah. It's really nice, man. So what's been your favorite thing so far about Nashville? The nightlife last night was really good. We went on the bus tour of, of downtown yesterday. And, okay. And, uh, and I am, we are going to make a trip down to uh, Lynchburg to okay. go see Jack Daniels Distillery. You got to get gotta some whiskey. Yeah, you got to yeah. do some whiskey, you, you know. Bet. That's right. Uh -oh. 
you know, have some fun, have some stories that you can't tell at work when you get back. <laughs> yeah, with the guys I work with, I can tell them most anything. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Well, man, thank you so much. Right, you, you betcha. You mind if I get a photo of both of us? No, I can go right ahead. Awesome. What's your name? I'm Jess. Jess? Mm -hmm. Colleen. Kelly. Diane. What do you think? It's beautiful, it's beautiful. here. Absolutely. This is the kind of place where you could easily take a nap. Yeah. It's very peaceful. We talked about sitting down and reading a book. Yeah. Yes. By the waterfall. Exactly. You know, they're like, excuse me, ma'am, you can't really sleep on the gondola type of thing. <laughs> That'd be great, you know? For, is your first time in Nashville? Definitely. Yeah? Yes. Yes. What do yes. you think? It's, it's we awesome. had a blast. Had a blast? Yes. Did you do Broadway? Of course. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see the looks on your faces. Y'all had a good time in Broadway, oh, yeah. huh? Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I'm glad you all enjoyed your stay. Thank you so thank much. You. And thank you so much. You mind if we get a group photo? No. Sure. Cool. <laughs> the governor's ballroom and the governor's chambers. I'm going to start calling my bedroom that. I'm off to my chambers. Tell the cats, get off of my bed in my chambers. To no avail, because they don't listen. I mean, I was already having a good day, but it's even more peaceful just walking around. This is cool. What's your name? Janada. Janada, you from Philly. I am. Is this your first time in Nashville? This is my first time in 20 years, so I'm going to say yes. Okay, so yeah. you, it's changed a lot. It has changed a lot, yes, it has. Mm -hmm. But for the better, I love it. So far, so good. What brought you here? We're here for the Jill Scott concert tonight. Oh, Her Jill Scott's playing tonight? Of the Who Was Jill Scott album. What? Her first album, which she's from Philadelphia. So what are you looking forward to do besides the concert here right in now, Nashville? Right now, we're looking for this gondola that we said is here at okay. Opryland. Do you know yes. where it is? Yes, you're going to go this way, and then you're going to make a left. Okay. And you're going to go through the Garden Conservatory, mm -hmm. and then in there you will see the waterways. And the if six foot, seven foot, eight foot punch! Riding Shotgun is supported by Xander Insurance. And just to let you know, I did find my car. Thanks to you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville is a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by Rose Gilbert. Our senior producer is Steve Harouche. Our digital lead is Anna Gallegos Cannon. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tutto. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. Listen back at This Is Nashville or wherever you get your podcasts. And the conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at This Is Nashville. Find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ekelona. We'll see you next week, everybody. And be good to each other.